Hey, what's up? We got a good episode this week. We had Matty Benedetto come on the podcast. He's the evil genius behind Unnecessary Inventions. Matty talks about his journey from entrepreneurship to becoming a content creator and gets into all those nitty-gritty details of coming up with Unnecessary Inventions. Also, we have a sponsor this week, and I'm pretty excited about this one because I feel like it's been my secret power for the past uh, several months. Um, it is Almond School of Design's Essential Key Shot Materials Pack by Sean Wellens. You might know Almond School of Design from my VR course. Well, Sean released a key shot material pack that's simply beautiful, especially for someone like me who doesn't want to spend a ton of time rendering, but really likes and really enjoys a nice, crisp render. I mean, these materials I've used on everything from, you know, recently the hay bale sofa to my plastic chair concept. I mean, the materials are so meticulously crafted, um, and it's just so simple for anyone to just drag and drop on there. I got to say, it's it's been a game changer for me. And the greatest part about this is Almost School Design is offering 10% off to Minor Details listeners. So go check it out in the link in our description and use the promo code MINERDETAILS, all caps, one word, for 10% off. Thanks again to Almond School of Design. Of course, you all know the deal. Like, subscribe, give us those five-star reviews, and share it with a friend, word of mouth. Um, and feel free to email us, minerdetailspodcast at gmail.com, if you have a question for the podcast or a suggestion. And yeah, let's hit that amazing intro by Kyoshi the Kid. Hey, welcome to Minor Details. I'm Nick. I'm James. And I'm Maddie. We're three designers in the big city, sweating the small stuff. <laughs> we are uh, super excited to have Maddie Benedetto on the podcast today, founder and uh, most notably the guy from Unnecessary Inventions. Thank you for having me, Maddie. It's great evil to- genius. That's like kind of the title, the title I go by is evil okay. genius. Well, we, sh- we should have had uh, three evil geniuses in the big city, <laughs> sweating the unnecessary stuff. <laughs> Um, it's wonderful to have you in the city, Maddie, and uh, it's great to turn a uh, internet friend into a real friend. I know, chatting in the DMs, brought it to the real world, here we are. Um, well, I know we have a lot of listeners that are fans of you as well, so I think you know, we kind of want to get a little bit of your backstory, but we got a lot of questions, we want to hear your thoughts on all kinds of interesting topics around design versus uh, unnecessary inventions, what do you think about that, um, but maybe we'll just start off with a little bit of your backstory, because I know um, you grew up outside of the city, but you are a uh, pretty avid entrepreneur. You've had several businesses before you did Unnecessary Inventions, so. Yeah, so I uh, so I grew up outside New York City, um, and I grew up skiing up in the Adirondacks my whole life, um, and for, so like my kind of real kickstart of, I guess, designing things and starting a business was I was 13 years old, and my mom taught me how to crochet hats. Uh, one Christmas. So I started like crocheting hats, making them for my friends at the mountain uh, up in the Adirondacks and did that for like a year or two. And I made a website. This was so time frame context. This was like 
20, uh, 2003. So early internet. Okay. Uh, made a website and you could like then make what you wanted your hat to look like and I would crochet it. Um, and I was in the sort of like niche of like freestyle skiing. So did that for like a year of crocheting my hands off after high school. And um, then when I was 15, I switched it over and I started manufacturing the hats in China. Um, so I went from custom designing each individual hat. Wait, wait, how old were you? 15. Okay. And people are like, how'd you do it? I'm like, I don't remember. I just remember like not telling them how old I was. And I don't know if even Alibaba was around. It was madeinchina.com. Okay, well. <laughs> And it was made-in-china.com. I remember that much of it. And it was, I mean, similar layout to what Alibaba is right. now, but um, went from like individual hats to then like designing a set collection um, and then launching. We good, we good there? <laughs> Technical difficulties. <laughs> uh, designing a set collection, like each winner of hats and stuff like that. And so then over the next few years, like I sponsored the athletes in X Games and friends with Wait, you sponsored the X Games? The athletes, like the freestyle skiers okay. in the in the X Games and stuff like that. That's pretty crazy. Um, did events, sponsored events too. Not as big as the X Games, but uh, and then like in the summer, I would do off collections of like apparel, sunglasses, stuff like that because people aren't buying winter beanies in the summer. Um, was was there anybody like entrepreneurial in your family that was like guiding you in any way, or was this all self motivated? Um, so both sides of my family, so my parents, uh, my dad's side of my family, very entrepreneurial in New York City, uh, trash hauling and real estate in New York City. And then my mom's side of, of the family, my grandfather started a Greyhound-esque bus company. So I guess, you know, the general vibe. So it's like my parents, that's the one thing is that like growing up, there was no like, if I wanted to just go do something, my parents just let me go do it. Um, there was never like... A, a roadblock of them me, not wanting to talk to people in China when I was 15 years old <laughs> to get hats made. And, and my mom, we had a, like a Yukon XL and we drove down to the port here in New York. I don't even know where it was. And to like go pick up the hats off oh the shipping gosh. container. <laughs> and it's like a line of like 18 wheelers. And then like our suburban, we're like, hi, we're here to pick up the hats. They're like, your, where's your bill of lading? Where's yeah. all? And we're like, I don't know. <laughs> and we just barely fit all, we finally got it. And we just barely fit all the hats in the Yukon XL. And we drove it back to my house and I shipped orders out of my room in my house. And so it was just sort of, that's insane. That's yeah. insane. That was so early too. Right. Like it was, uh, 2004. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So I started, so the manufacturing in China was like 2005, 2006. Okay. Um, and so then when I graduated high school, I moved up to Vermont to go to college. And so I told them ahead of time, that I had this business going on. And so when I moved in my freshman year into my dorm, they gave me an office. So I moved into my dorm in my office the same move-in weekend <laughs> the at college, the college. The college gave me an office. And they were like, here's the keys to the college <laughs> Porsche. <laughs> and so yeah, so I had a office on campus all four years of college that <laughs> I then, and then they, by then, you know, there's no ports up in Vermont. So like 18 wheelers would show up on campus oh and unload my, whatever that winter collection of hats and apparel and all that stuff would just get like dropped on campus and I would have to bring it up to my office. That's, that's, that's wild. <laughs> that's very nice of them to just give you an office. Right. Like, well, I paid, I paid utilities. I think it was, it was like, I paid like $92 a month or something for Did the office. Did you have office hours where you saw all the <laughs> students to help them? I, I didn't have that. I, uh, 
it was like kind of like on a remote part of campus that people probably didn't even know that there were offices over there. So it was probably leftover. You're embellishing. Space. It was the, like lawn, like, it was like lawn care shed. It was 250 square feet. It was, you know, it had some. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I did that and through college and. And, and you turned it into, I believe, Eastern Collective? Right, yeah. So it started like, as, so it like kind of slowly morphed over time. So when I was like first doing the crocheted hats, it was called East Coast Headwear. And then when I like transitioned it to the collection base, then it was just called EC Headwear. And then towards the end of college, um, I like rebranded again to Eastern Collective, taking the EC and just sort of making it a new name. Um, but this was all about like phone accessories, right? Right. Yeah. So that was, so right when I graduated, um, college, so basically why, why pivot, why pivot from, uh, like out, outerwear to phone accessories? I think my brain is just like always jumping from one thing okay. to the next. And it's like, I, I'm, uh, and just like kind of that, that I just like, I'm a doer. So it's like, I have the idea in my head and I'm like, okay, well I want to make it now. Um, so I transitioned that from ski clothing business and it was sort of like, I just sort of soft launched it in the summer of like. You know, because in the summer, I sort of randomly sold other products. Um, so I sold these iPhone cables that were wrapped in fabric and had all designs. So I was basically the first person to do that for iPhone cables was wrapping them in fabric. Wow. Applied for a whole bunch of patents. Did not get approved any of the patents. Hmm. Um, Wait, why were they not approved? They said the drawings weren't round enough. Interesting. And I had like a patent, so I don't even know what that meant. <laughs> Wait, what they does just, that mean? They just said that it didn't look like a round enough cable in the patent drawing. And they denied them. And so we're like, <laughs> do we redraw them? Like, how do we make them more round looking? Oh, that's wild. Um, so yeah, so that business, um, so I sort of launched those cables. And then in the first month, like I got, that was, so now time, we're at 2012 by now. Um, this was like big uncrate days. Like, so I got on there and I sold more in cables in one month that I did all year in hats. Insane. So I was like, I'm not doing hats anymore. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Now. Um, and so, yeah, that business blew up for the next couple of years. Um, I mean, it was everywhere. I did, had a custom collection with J crew. I designed all the in-flight tech accessories for Qatar airlines that was sold in restoration, hardware, urban outfitters, zoomies, uh, uh sun, kind of all those stores. Um, that's wild. And still, one man show through the whole thing. <laughs> still just packing orders. And somehow, and somehow, we we keep going. We you keep inventing new businesses. Yep. And then 2015 came along, and it was like the the market then was pretty saturated. That okay. like a bunch of companies were now making fabric cables, and I I did headphones and I did cases. So kind of using the background from the textiles, all, all the accessories had some form of textile right. in in it just to the inspiration behind it. But then in 2015, I decided to launch another business uh, called Sondre Travel. Um, Cause I was just like, I want to design something new. And so I literally just like was typing in on Amazon, just like random product categories. And I one day just typed in travel pillows. I'm like, travel pillows suck. Like mm. I, who wants to walk around with those like huge pillows on yeah. their neck? You look like a nerd when you do that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I designed a small compact travel pillow um, that sort of was just like a little tiny pillow that had a spandex band that you could use as a eye cover as well. And you could wrap it around the seat. You could do all sorts of stuff. Um, and so I launched that on Kickstarter and I've been interested in Kickstarter just to like see the economics of how it works and all that stuff. So that was 2016. I launched that on Kickstarter. Um, which is, I think that's pretty early for Kickstarter too, right? Yeah. It was still like, okay. still kind of heyday. I think, you know, 
the first kind of big ones were probably like 2011, 2013. Um, and then, so it did like 125 K in the month on Kickstarter. So I was like, okay, I guess I got something here. So then that business was sort of like built around Kickstarter drops. So I would do like two a year. So I did six Kickstarter drops and then I would do like smaller products in between. So I did, um, travel bags that were like carry on bags. I did a beach chair. Um, and then I was getting ready to launch like this whole big, like five piece collection. And then I came up with my first unnecessary invention and posted online. And then like, I had a couple blow up and I was like, okay, forget all the e-commerce stuff. I'm going to try to be a content creator. Interesting. Yeah. Wait, so can you talk? (laughs) You literally lived an entire person's career in like five years. I, I am curious. I, you know, I, I definitely think I want to focus a lot on the invention side of things. I, I'm curious what the very first, like, what was that first validation of, I need to stop doing traditional entrepreneur businesses and start doing this content creation thing? Like, what was the exact invention and why, why did you just drop it all of a sudden? It was, so let's see, it was, um, I was maybe like 20 inventions in. Um, so there were two that like went super viral back to back. Do you remember what they were? It was the cuisine curtain, which was goes in your nose. And then it was a curtain for people that eat with their mouth open. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so it covers it. Um, and so back then, so I wasn't doing all the like kind of TikTok videos. Everything was just photo based. Um, so it's kind of crazy to think of like how many like news articles were written about just like a photo. Right. Um, it was that one. And then it was avocado on a stick, which was like, it looked like a deodorant, thing and you twisted yeah. it and the avocado came yeah, out yeah. um so it was like kind of those two back to back and i was just like and i like super youtube watcher like i watch way more youtube than traditional tv and all that stuff so it's like i already knew the potential of like these people could make a ton of money just doing content um so basically at that point um i just put everything on amazon and i was like all right whatever i'm not ordering anymore products. Um, so I was still doing the cables. So like I still had the stuff, the cables going and then, then I had the travel products. Um, and so I just put everything on Amazon and just like put it basically on autopilot and just like let the inventory run out on Amazon. So it's like, I still had sales coming in, but I just didn't have to actually physically pack orders and do marketing and stuff like that. Um, and I just like hustled because I knew by the fall I wanted to put out a book that was 101 unnecessary inventions. <laughs> so it's like, i got to a hundred inventions by like the first like seven months of doing it. Okay. Um, I, I don't remember the book and it, I guess it sold, sold out or what? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm working on like another one. A thousand inventions. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> How many are you up to now? Um, somewhere over 350 or so, That's I think. Wild. So you it'll be, do, you could do a calendar soon. Right. A calendar of calendars. A <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so, so the, the, the big, the big pivotal moment was when I got my first brand deal that was like money actually was really coming in. So that was, so I started unnecessary, um, around March. That's when the first, what what year was this again? 2019. Okay. So I, I do want to do have an antidote here because James and I shouted you out on the podcast in in 2019. I don't know the exact months. I want to say I look back, I think it was episode 61 because I did some research for this podcast. (laughs) I think it was in summertime. So, Didn't you guys used to do like shout outs at the end of your episodes yeah. of like stuff you had seen that? Yeah. yeah. So you got shout You're out. welcome. <laughs> we, we made your career is what we're saying. Um, 
Yeah, and it's like I, we we were talking about it earlier of like when I found you on Instagram yeah, and yeah. stuff like that, and I probably he probably shared something on his stories of yours, and that's when I found it. But yeah, it's crazy how long it's been. It'll be four years in a month or so that I've been doing it all. I mean, you've blown up now. I mean, it's like what you got six million people on TikTok. You, uh, TikTok is TikTok your biggest now? Uh, numbers wise, yeah. So okay. TikTok, uh, it's like six point two million, I think. Okay. Um, views wise, I probably get a little more views on YouTube. Interesting. Um, okay. But I do about like anywhere from 150 to 200 million views a month across everything. That's it's <laughs> insane. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what was like, was there an, an itch that you were scratching when you were like, okay, I, I want to like, what inspired you to do the first post to begin with? Like, your first unnecessary invention. Yeah, so I had the, the very first one. So they were chopsticks for your AirPods. Um, it's cause it was like oh, AirPods yeah. were still kind of new. People were still making fun of the design of it. And so I made chopstick extensions for it. So if you like go out and eat sushi, you can just like pop them out <laughs> and use them. Um, and I had the idea in my head for a while. So like I was already doing the tech accessory brand. So like I had the idea of wanting to do that for like an April fool's joke or something. Ah, and it's like, okay. I never made the sample in China and all this stuff. And like, you know, doing that can take a couple months and all that stuff. Um, so I bought, so, it, uh, a month before I posted, I bought my first 3D printer because um, Chinese New Year happened, so all the factories are shut down, so I couldn't manufacture like my other inventory for my businesses, and it's after Christmas, so it's kind of slow. Um, so yeah, so I just bought that and posted it, and it went front page on Reddit, the very first one. So I was like, oh, I got something here. So Reddit was the very first like viral sensation. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the first one was the the AirPods. Posted that on Reddit, made the front page, and then I took the comments. Someone was like, "Oh, I hate tying my jack around my waist and looking like a loser." Um, so I need something different. So then I like the next, the second invention was based on that one person's idea, and uh, and I was like, "Hey, I'm that guy from a few days ago," and someone in the group in the comments wanted me to make this, so I made it. Uh, so it's like just trying to like parlay the success of the first one yeah. into the second one. And then it was probably around like the 10th invention that I like came up with the name Unnecessary Inventions, started the Instagram, and then tried to like slowly siphon people away from Reddit to start building out the social channels. I think, well, well I, I pinged uh, our community on Discord and they were kind of curious a little bit about if you took any inspiration from Chindogu, which is like yeah. the, I, I guess it comes from Japan, the, the art of unnecess <laughs> unnecessary inventions. I don't even know, there's probably a better word for it, but. Um, right, they, they call it more like useless design. So I didn't, I didn't know about it at first. Okay. So like when I posted those first couple ones on Reddit, like everyone was like calling it out on there. So then that's when I looked into it. There's like five books. Um, and I, like, he, like, invented the selfie stick. Like, it's, yeah. like, one of the, it's, like, a disposable camera on the end of a stick. Like, and there's a couple of, and so the avocado on a stick, he has the, you've probably seen the photo, it's butter, like, in a glue stick. Oh, okay. um, So that's a, from Chindagu. Right. Um, so that was, like, sort of the inspiration from that. So, like, early on, like, when I didn't have ideas, I would, like, flip through it just to, like, kick my brain in right. that direction. At this point now, it's like my brain's just like totally <laughs> wired to just like invention, 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 invention. Just walking down the street. Right. I mean, I, I would love to maybe pick your brain a little bit, get into some of the details around how you come up with these ideas. How do you sort them? How do you make them? Um, and we can get into like the details of how you 
create the content because I feel like that's maybe even more of the story than actually the the invention itself. But yeah, I, I want to hear like, do they just come to you? Like you just walk down the street that just pops in your mind or do you sit down and list out a bunch of things and sort through them? How does that work? <clears throat> um, it's definitely a mix. Um, probably more times it's things that'll just like, I'll be sitting somewhere and something happens and it triggers an idea. Um, it's every now and then that like, so like, because I'm not in like one specific niche that like I'll do, I'll try and like spread it out. So it's like, I'll do an iPhone invention, then I'll do a food invention, then I'll do a clothing invention. Um, and so in my phone, I'll try and just like, anytime I have an idea, I just write it down. Even if sometimes I'll even just like have a product name. Cause a lot of them are like alliterations. Okay. And so it's like, I'll write down the product name. I'm like, there's gotta be something behind this alliteration I just thought of, or even if I don't have an invention idea and I see someone do something in public, I just like write down the, the story of like what I just witnessed. Cause I'm like, there's probably an invention here. I don't know what it is yet, but like, I want to remember this person doing this thing a weird way that I don't do it. Um, and then also, I mean, it's nice that my community, so I do like the Sunday inspiration sessions on my uh, Instagram stories. So I'll pick a topic and people can submit ideas. And it's like kind of a nuance of like what is an unnecessary invention. So that's like w one or two good ideas for every 5,000 that get submitted. Um, but I'll write down the person's name and give them credit for submitting it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like totally different. Um, and then sometimes, you know, it's like I'll think about um, you know, it's like, I've done like a bunch of tech ones. So I'm like, all right, I got to do something different. And I'll like maybe start working on that. But like, if I have an idea in my head, I'm like, I need to make this right now. Like this isn't one that's going in the notebook. Like this is the next one I have to make. Okay. Um, that happens every now and then too. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I was going to ask you like, is it, is your process like you have the idea and, and you just like work on it until you create the video or do you have multiple like irons in the fire? It's pretty much only one at a time. Yeah. Uh, the only time it's multiple is when I'm doing like brand deals and I'm doing like a invention collaboration with a brand. Um, so it's like that takes longer because also like approvals with the brand and blah, blah, blah. So it's like I'll be working on that in the background, but it's like I'm never working on like a invention post invention, like more than one at a time. It's like I start the one, bang it out, get it posted, and then it's like right on to the next one. Mm. I'm kind of curious about like, obviously you did sort of the more quote unquote traditional design development before you got into this. How much does your process differ in terms of like creating a thing like between those two worlds? I would say it's more technical now. Mm. Um, I mean, it's like, and, and to me it's like, can be super easy to make a product in China. Like I was never making like tech packs. I was just like the, f the first hats I drew in Microsoft paint and was like, <laughs> make these. And oh, they did find that photo. Of that. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's just like, it was just like stripes. I was like stripe here, stripe here. I didn't even tell them the size of the stripes. So they, they just made them. And um, so like now it's definitely more, I mean, cause I'm doing a lot more like CAD work and stuff like that. And like physically 3d printing all the parts now. Um, so it's probably more just technical and I'm like, going through the process a little more systematically, I That's guess. That's funny. It's, it's like you're, you're almost saying like now it's almost more of a professional <laughs> right. development process than when you were developing a commercial product. And you, you just go straight to CAD. No sketching? Yeah, I've never... No, no designing. Is there any revisions? Um, 
I would say the only revisions are like, so like I see the invention in my head and then I like jump, just jump straight into CAD and just like bring that image to life. The like, uh, the way an uh, invention, if it has to like move and like parts have to fold, it's like my brain is thinking it folds one direction and then I'm like in CAD and I print it. And I'm like, oh wait, it's supposed to fold the opposite direction. Okay. <laughs> so it's like that's when like it'll be like the, it's more of the functionality of it maybe didn't line up with right. what my brain thought it was going to function like. And you have to do a few versions of that. Yeah. Okay. And so, I mean, it's like now I'm, and it's also nice that like the audience size I built is that like 3D printers just show up at my office like, <laughs> every week so it's like i have i think like 19 set up right now hey if you ever if you ever run <laughs> i have four in the box that space. i haven't opened yet <laughs> run, run out of space we got we can use some 3d printers <laughs> um that's pretty wild i think I'm, I'm curious too to hear a little about like your your thoughts maybe from a design perspective on how you view your inventions i mean they are a different way of I guess, telling a story. And, you know, as designers, we like slave over creating this beautiful object in hopes that the object kind of tells a story. But you're almost doing the opposite where the object's a prop to uh, a performance. Like, how do you feel about the performance almost being more important than the design itself? Like, what, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and I think that's, <coughs> I think that's probably, going to college for marketing okay. that like, and I think that's also part of the reason why unnecessary blew up is like the package I created of unnecessary, like coming up with the product name, having the sort of like signature, you know, photo style at the beginning of the deadpan eyes and stuff like that. into <laughs> the, like the cheesy infomercial kind of vibe of the commercials. It's like, I, I definitely, and, and that's a lot more like as I'm filming it, like I'm thinking about, what that finished package looks like probably more than what the product actually looks like that. Like I'll cut the corners to get the video out. If the product isn't working, I'm like, all right, I'll just edit it to make it look like it does the thing I said it does versus trying to perfect the product right. to, to be the best product it can be. I'm thinking more of like, how can this final video be the best final video it could be of the product? Oh, yeah. Like what are some good examples? Of that? I feel like, I want to say like the Lego vacuum. Yep, did that, that one did. Act- that one, that one actually did kind of work. It actually functioned. Yep, I had to bring that on a TV show, so that one, uh, <laughs> okay. that we did work in a, when we actually tested it out. It just, Simon Cowell took it home with him. It it's, it sorted the Legos too, right? It did, yeah. So it, it's like the that general design of it has been done in a few different iterations. So I like took the inspiration from other people that have done similar type things. But yeah, it for the most part sorted them. That's wild. I mean, also. I, I do want to touch on this this aspect that you enjoy going on television, which is which is crazy to think about that you're on our podcast right now. Our small little minor details. Um, I enjoy ish doing it. Okay. I mean, it's fun. It's yeah, it's yeah. fun to like it validates the yeah, yeah. outside just doing Instagram and TikTok and. I guess like the the interesting thing from my viewpoint is your platform is so huge that it's almost like you're giving the television show a leg up. Like you are right. bigger than the television show. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely a lot of work going into it. That like my YouTube uh, YouTube short, TikTok, all that like would probably get more views than that TV show is getting. Um, but it's but, a different audience too. Right, it's a like totally different I feel like you're expanding your audience. You, you have such a great 
uh, medium or style that ha you know appeals to so many audiences, right? Young kids, older adults. It's like everyone can sit down and love a good unnecessary. <laughs> and and my viewpoint is, I just want the most number of eyeballs on the inventions that can possibly be. So finding different avenues to get different eyeballs onto the inventions. Well, I, I also love, I feel like I've watched a few <laughs> of your YouTube videos where you actually intentionally do, you put mistakes in the videos so you can get comments. Oh yeah, that's like, like for sure. And, and it's, uh, it's fun to, I mean, it's like a social engineering, the comment section. Right. So it's like the, the, the most popular one was I did like a Tic Tac organizer. Okay. So it's like you, so that the Tic Tacs don't shake. And so it, it was like little cells that you would like divide them up. I'm like, so there's 16 on each side. Wait, wait, wait. The invention was you don't want to have your Tic Tacs shaking. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're too noisy. Right. They're too noisy. <laughs> okay. so, it, so it like separates them all into like individual cells so that when you're walking around and it's in your pocket, it's like totally silent. Okay. Um, and so it was 16, you could do 16 on one side and 16 on the other that fit back into the, the Tic Tac. Uh, tic Tac box and I said so there's 16 on this side 16 on this side that makes 36 Tic Tacs that video has 20,000 comments of people telling me it's 32 not 36 you know it's just like the low-hanging fruit that I know people are gonna take to just call me out and it's like when you're working with an algorithm you just gotta feed the algorithm what it wants that, that's why they have the evil in your evil genius, right exactly right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you know I'll I'll like there'll be, I did like a recently one, um, they were like the squatty potty slides and like all these people were that I, I flushed the toilet while I'm still sitting on it. And it's like, it's all the little things that just like, it's called a courtesy flush <laughs> and just like, you just got to find those little quirks that like are just going to piss people off. Was it like, it. did you also have like the, the toilet paper going around the back? That's right. And then I also like rolled it around my hand like 30 times. And so it's like just doing all those little things that like will piss people off just enough to get them to want to comment or share it or oh my gosh was there any content creator who was inspiring you you said you watched a lot of youtube was there anybody that like you could directly link like inspiration to either some sort of like comedic content or yeah even even just like not youtube yeah. like tim and eric or something like that is there i mean i would say simone yetz uh queen of shitty robots okay um oh yeah 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 you know she she basically does a, a version of what I do. So I watch her videos like all the time. Um, and so, yeah, so just, I mean, I think just that and any just like meme creator, you know, it's like I've gotten ideas from memes and just people that, I mean, I guess I just don't take design seriously. So it's like people that want to just fuck with design and do it their own way. Um, and just like thinking at things from like the other side of the coin. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so powerful. I know we had a, episode recently about meme design it feels like it's our era it feels like we you know charles and ray eames had mid-century modern <laughs> we have we were living design. in the memes and I, I mean it almost to me feels like a new memphis movement like mm -hmm. a new post it's like post postmodern yeah. or something and i think it's just that word because we have so many of the tools to make things it's, it's 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 easier than ever i feel like to just make something and that like in my mind, I would rather sell 100 units of 10,000 different things versus 10,000 units of the one thing. Right. You know, it's like I'd rather you, – you can 
if you make a product, you don't need to make something that has to live on forever that like does all this stuff. It can just have its one moment and then you move on, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like there are definitely examples of products that are very small runs, but had a very significant kind of cultural impact. I mean, I think about a lot of like the really expensive furniture just has like one or two amazing pieces. Or you think of like teenage engineering stuff. I feel like they just sort of like, we'll drop something. And then it's like, you never see it again, I feel like. <laughs> you're, I mean, you're super close to 3D printing. Like, do you think that you would be doing what you're doing if 3D printing was not a technology that was available? I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's that, that, like, I mean, it's like at all times I have, like, seven printers running of just, like, different iterations or different colors just to, like, get something to work. But unnecessary also works that it's, like, I can just come out with so many of them that it's like, it's kind of the like mystery of like, how the fuck is he doing? Like, and then it's like, I'm not selling them on purpose. Cause then you like, you see one, you're like, Oh, I want to buy it. Then you're like, wait, I can't buy it. So that makes you like dig deeper. And you're like, wait, why is he making all this stuff? And you can't even <laughs> buy any of it. So it's like creating, <clears throat> creating the story of just like, everything's been done on the internet and you have to do something that is unexpected. And what you expect me to do is sell all of these inventions I'm making. So by not selling them and just like making five inventions in, you know, two weeks, it's like the unexpected thing that then gets people interested. Has anyone ever offered to buy one? Uh, well, so I've made like 15 of, I mean, it's like every day people are asking for a different one. Um, well, one of the, when you, we were talking about earlier with the uh, avocado on a stick, a, avocado farm in Spain like thought it was a real product from seeing like all these news articles and they hit me up wanting to be the avocado supplier for the <laughs> avocado on a stick and I was like wow it's like if I can trick people into thinking that this is a real product maybe I can make more of them well I I do wonder like if if you make like if you keep them I almost feel like they're sculptures it almost feels to me like each one is a piece of art like I wonder if anyone would buy the singular piece as like a sculpture like the original yeah <clears throat> I could I could see that um, and that's also like why like a lot of people also ask for my 3d design files and I don't post them anywhere and it's like kind of to that that like if there were just like a ton of them around it sort of loses the value in the original one interesting um, okay. so and it's like I th this year I'll probably will sell more stuff now that I've done so many it's like I know the hits I know ones that like if I make you know, 300 units of something. I know I could sell them out in a week or something and, you know, and just move on to, so, so this year I'll definitely be probably selling more of them. Okay. Um, I got to pay for that new office. So <laughs> yeah, you are moving into new studio. So it looks amazing. Yep. It should be, uh, should be fun in about a month. I'll be moving into new 6,400 square foot design studio. Wild. And you're going to put a museum in there and the plant and then like kind of to that, like having the, you know, original unit that like, um, Seeing, I mean, like I was telling you earlier, like seeing all these things I've seen on Instagram, I was like, oh wait, I'm like more excited about the museum now that like, just seeing the thing that like knowing it exists is kind of cool. So I think people would enjoy a seeing the invention in person. So like, I'm also doing like these TVs next to it. So it'll be playing the commercial next to it. Got so it. you get like the, the context of the social media video. Um, and then also diving into the technology of it, of how I make so many of them so quickly of having like a wall of 3d printers showing how 3d printing works. Um, and then even maybe some sort of like 
photo video aspect of it, of teaching, showing people how a video of it comes to life too. So just like the full package of what makes unnecessary work. I feel like you're what happens when like Andy Warhol meets <laughs> Weird Al meets Carrot Thomas Top. Edison. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, when you just lock yourself in a studio by yourself <laughs> for four years, that's yeah. what happens. Or just like Willy Wonka, I guess. I am, I am a little bit curious, Maddie. Like, you do all this stuff by yourself. What are your plans on expanding? Is it, is it almost? Do you feel more like an artist, or do you feel more like? Yeah, I know we were talking about Mr. Beast. You've been on a Mr. Beast video. Yep. Do you feel more of the the? Uh, <clears throat> Composer, or who's the person that does conductor? Of a <laughs> composer, conductor, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's. Uh, Do you want to expand? I guess is. Um, yeah, I guess it's it's the one thing I s- sort of struggle with it a bit is that like my process is just like so integrated into like just myself that like I write the script and I like know the video clips I want and then I film them and I'm editing while I'm filming so it's like it's not like I could film all of it and then hand it off to an editor. Wait, how, how are you editing while you're filming? So it's like every time you see like I mean my videos have like a ton of cuts just nobody has an attention span so I have to like do a ton of cuts okay. um, and so like basically every time you see a video cut I went film that ditch the the file onto my computer already have it in Premiere and cut it and so it's like I'm so by the time I'm done filming the edit's also already done. Okay, wait, wait, wait. This, this sounds wildly inefficient to me, but you're saying, that, <laughs> you're saying that you get out your invention, you say, hey guys, I designed this invention that does this thing. You stop the camera, you take the card over, put it in your computer, yep. drop it into Premiere Pro or whatever, come back, and then you do the next scene. Right. Is that how you do it? That's how I do it. Oh, and I guess it's to that, like the package of, like, of the, what, it, it helps me like keep, the story going the way I want that like, you know, I'm sort of crafting it as I go. But again, it's like, I'm so used to doing it that way that like, it'd be difficult to hire an editor. And it's like, all right, I'll be back with one clip. Just wait there. (laughs) (laughs) Getting the SD card. (laughs) Right. I feel like there's like a good uh, product software for that. I don't know. Right. That's where we need AI where you just plug your camera into AI software and like find the good cut, cut it up just how you would like it. Right. The one where I say complete sentences and. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a question? Are there? I mean, like you said that you will <laughs> start something and work on it till you get to the finished product, finished video. Is there anything? Are there like? Is there a number of inventions that you started and stopped, or do you make something like work? You know, whatever it is. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's probably only been. I can think maybe, I don't even know what they are, but maybe one or two things that like just did not work whatsoever. I couldn't even fake it in the edit, but for the most <laughs> part, it, it's, it's just through and I just get it to, to do what I want, I guess. Yeah. Do you feel the pressure to post? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, when you have, so I have what, like a little over like 12 million across everything. Um, and it's that like, I mean, my business is like very brand deal heavy. Okay. Would um, you say that's the majority of your revenue? Oh yeah. Like probably 80%. Okay. Um, and that like, it doesn't look good to a brand if they like go check out my socials and I haven't posted in two weeks or three weeks or, Oh man, you know, it's, so it's, it, it can definitely, and it's like, it's just self manufactured anxiety over posting. Cause it's like, 
someone that people probably don't even know. You know, it's like the only person that really notices that I'm not posting is me. It's right. like until the next invention, it's not like you're like, oh my God, it's been so long since <laughs> the last one. <laughs> you know, it's just like. I mean, um, I'm sure you have super fans out there. That are I do. Like, I do. I will get some people like in the DMs like, hey man, just want to check on you. Everything going okay? <laughs> you haven't gotten an invention now. Right. <laughs> so I do. I do get those people. Oh man. Um, I'm, I'm curious to dig into maybe the idea of <clears throat> unnecessary versus necessary inventions. Because I think a lot of people see some of these inventions and some of these inventions have been knocked off. Yep actual real products and where do you see that line what makes you say i don't want to make this a real product i mean you you just mentioned you do want to start making more real products like how do you break that down yeah so what i always tell people is that unnecessary doesn't mean useless they are different words that like all of the inventions i make physically do something and solve some sort of problem whether but the problem it's solving might not be a real problem or the way it's solving the problem is 10 steps longer than if you just did it without the product. Um, and so it's like, that's the thing. Like when I do like the Sunday inspiration sessions that like people just send me like pants for your pants. I'm like, but what are we solving here? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, there still has to like my pants don't need another pair of pants. (laughs) So it's, it's, uh, that's the thing. It's like, it, it can be a weird nuance of like what, actually is unnecessary but then it's also like kind of to the crafting problems or crafting errors in my videos it's like then I'll like do an invention that I know like every single comment's like wait this isn't unnecessary you know it's like you still got to bait them that like those might be the ideas that I just want to make and it's like I have this platform so I'm going to put it out anyway okay um so it's a it's a mix and like making them it's like there's is enough junk in the world and I don't like the ones I'm going to make and like actually sell and make units of them and stuff. It's like, I don't want it someone to get it for Christmas and be like, haha. And then like they put it on a shelf and then in a year it gets thrown out. Like, so like the jigsaw puzzle coffee table, like I knew that would like physically live inside people's homes and like would be their coffee table and like would actually get use versus, you know, if you added some, you've added some accessories to that one. I did over, over time. Yep, I'm slowly, uh, <laughs> slowly piecing it together uh, with some other other uh, modular accessories. <laughs> you have like a chip bowl that fits into the puzzle piece coffee table. Yep. Uh, cup holder. What else do you have on that thing? Uh, so so far we have the cup holder. We have an outlet. We have a remote stand <laughs> and the chip bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are the accessories? Do you sell that as well, or is are those uh, some people fun? have? So, I, so let's see. I sold. So the, I, the, the, the coffee table was Kickstarter as well. Right. Um, so I sold like 1,200 of those. Like that was an actual product. Like what right. you're saying, right? Yeah. Um, and so I have gotten people now that... Um, Want the bowl. Right. And, but, well, now it's like kind of weird that like, so I just like randomly launched the table, not randomly, but I launched the table back then. This was before TikTok and all this stuff. And now there's like, I mean, the, so I've only done what, those four accessories, those videos combined have like, 130 million views so wild. and so now there's like this huge demand for the table again and so i'm like do i make the table again it was like kind of the worst thing ever having a shipping container dropped off and 1200 coffee tables to unload and then ship back out so it's like (laughs) maybe that's when i like license it out to someone else to do it versus uh just having myself manage everything yeah have you ever thought about licensing i mean that's 
honestly, licensing is the traditional um, uh, inventor route. Um, yeah, I guess I just don't know the... It's like not a world I've explored, so it's like I don't even know the process of it. And it's like, I feel like I'm probably just too focused. It, it is like when I hit post on the video and it's like up and everywhere, it can be that like, it's like out of mind. It's like people are like, oh, what's your favorite one? I'm like, I remember the last one I did. <laughs> you know, it's like there's so many of them that like, it's almost that I'm more interested in just like thinking about what the next one is versus focusing on the ones I've already done. Yeah. I think, well, you did a board game. Yep. And that's licensing, right? You licensed that. That was a licensing deal. So that was a company that uh, approached me about the game. And they've done, they did some games with Fuck Jerry and stuff like that with What Do You Meme. Um, and so I worked, and it was fun. I worked with them and we developed the game, worked on. So basically you get a deck of cards that have like the first world problems that I'm supposedly solving. Um, and then you get like a dry erase board and you have to sketch out the invention, come up with a name, a description. So it's basically similar to like what you would see on my Instagram. And then you have to like shark tank style, like pitch it. And then everyone votes on like who had the best solution to that problem. Um, so yeah, so we developed the game together. So it's, that, that is nice that like, I don't have to, they, they do all the sales and right. it, I mean, it's like, it's in Barnes and Noble and it's in like all the stores and all that kind of stuff. And I don't really have to think about it. Which is nice. Yeah, I think that's definitely the the easier path is licensing, but it it's not as lucrative, I would say. But right. it's you know you don't have to do much work, so it's like a, right. a give and take. But it is like it is a little more when it's like that they're almost more licensing my likeness, right? Versus it's like so it's like I I'm I'm in charge of basically all the marketing though, so it's like I still have to promote it and all that kind of stuff. Not all of it, but like. For the most, I mean, because I have the channels, right. it's the perfect marketing avenue for it. Um, so it can sometimes be that, like, I'm so, like, one in, one out that, like, this thing that lives on forever, mm. um, it can be sometimes difficult for me to get back into them. I'm like, this feels old that I've already done something about it. So it's, like, it can be a little difficult for me to, like, get into that headspace to, like, have it, have me as excited from the first time I posted it to, like, the fifth time I posted it. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe that also plays into this, the, a few of the products that got knocked off, right? I think the most notable one that got knocked off was the uh, rage game, quit protector, rage quit protector. Yeah. The game controller, like inflatable, like thing. So you don't break your controller when you throw it against the wall. Yep. Um, and I think, it, and that's, what's like crazy about like having the audience. It's like, it's like this like mini army online. It's like anytime someone like <laughs> lightly copies my video, it's like I'm tagged like 200 times and they're like, get them. <laughs> so it was like, and it was that. It was like, <clears throat> it was a whole bunch of fans that were sending me these Walmart listings of them and they're using my photo from my Instagram and like all this kind of stuff. Um, did you ever pursue that as like from a, you know, did you do a cease and desist or you just said, I'm. I'm doing my own thing. I'm just keep going. Yeah, it's difficult because it was all just like dropship from China. Mm -hmm. So it's like they weren't even like in, you know, it's like you can list anything on walmart.com. And so it's not like they probably even knew, but it's like they don't care too much about intellectual property. Right. Um, so it's like I don't even know where you start to try and take it down. But it's like so then thinking about it from the business aspect of my side of things is that they probably weren't getting a ton of sales. I mean, there was like. 12 different Chinese dropshippers that were all selling it on Amazon. So that I made a YouTube video calling it out 
And then they got a lot of sales, I assume. Well, not, well they, I, I didn't link them. Okay. <laughs> so maybe, I mean, people still could have. I, 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 I said I would sell it eventually. So if you wanted it, just wait until I sell it. Okay. Which maybe I will this year. I don't know. <laughs> All you got to do is like go on Alibaba and just drop ship them on your website. Right. But right. so, so, um, so I've made the video sort of calling it out, but I sort of like more went into intellectual property and like, uh, it's kind of other products that I did that were inspired by it that like kind of showed and then kind of showing other creators that did things that were similar to mine but weren't a direct ripoff and like kind of showing how you can take a design but iterate on it and make it your own all that stuff but so that video did like 4.5 million views on so this is like a long form like a ton on YouTube yeah yeah I think I remember um, watching this one and you know that video did like 30k in ad revenue so it's like <laughs> probably way more money than those drop shippers made, right. you know? So it's like, there's different ways as a creator, I think, to make money that don't necessarily just need to be selling the physical thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could wade into these waters cause you know me, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, gone down the web three rabbit, <laughs> right. right. rabbit hole. I know we've been pinging some ideas back and forth, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on kind of this new age of owning digital things? I mean, you, your work is, exists so there's so much value in your work as a digital format as opposed to the actual physical you know 3d prints how do you kind of parse that idea and do you kind of see a future where you know maybe you do own a physical or a digital like unnecessary invention in, in the metaverse or something yeah i did i did one nft like when it was the okay. super craze yeah, yeah um and it was just like a gif of one of the videos or something like okay. that um and i think I mean, I wanted to, I, I mean, I, I, I sort of fell down the rabbit hole a little bit too. I've sort of fallen out of it now, um, of that, of like, if you did own the NFT, you had the original physical version and all that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, it's, yeah. Do you feel like an unnecessary invention has to result in a physical object? Kind of. I mean, and I also like design like a whole other, like similar, like one of the 10,000, NFT collection. Right. I designed it all I, and I never put it out. I remember. And, well, we were we were messaging. <laughs> and uh, and so it's it's I don't know. I just sort of I think I need something in the Well, you know, I, I it th makes me think about performance art, right? Uh, well, I mean, the way Tom Sachs said it was like amazing with the rockets. Like yeah. that was like I think well, that the was, most enjoyable yeah. way to do it that like you take it then it becomes physical. Yeah. I I'm thinking of Jan Erickson who is a performance artist. Mm. The guy that like breaks all the pasta and With, the tape yeah. and the... Because <laughs> all of his art exists as social media as well, right? Like that's where all the value he's created is these viral videos of him, you know, pushing a banana against his head or some <laughs> silly thing like that, right? Um, obviously he's been, I, I remember he was doing kind of Web3 stuff back in whenever it was hyped. I don't know if he's still pursuing that or not, but um, I don't know. I, th I think obviously... I think you were very uh, uh, creative that wants to pursue the latest technology with 3D printing, with TikTok, like whatever it is. I feel like you are pretty like uh, early and you have a good kind of edge to you like to mm -hmm. kind of hop on that. The one thing I mean, I'd be interested, it's like, it's just like the, when it was first kind of picking up, it's just that like, I feel like the patent system is broken anyway. It's like, people ask me all the time if I have patents for all my inventions, it's like, a, do you know how much that, that would cost? How long it would take? Like, I would maybe have two of them by now in the four years, you know? And it's like, is there some sort of mechanism in the NFT world to 
re-envision patents and yeah. the ownership of the design of something versus, you know, going through this arbitrary process that then it's like, you're only covered in the US and then it's like, all right, well then I'll go through the whole process again in Europe. And then, right. you and know, then it's like, and everything I, gets I, knocked off in China. So. Right, exactly. So it's, I, I think there, I'd be interested if there was something there that like, um, and I, and, and so also when I was originally thinking about it, um, that I don't sell any of the digital files that like the NFT could be access to the digital file that if you wanted to make it yourself and all that kind of stuff. I had, I mean, I mulled over all that stuff and yeah, nothing, I guess just came to fruition for it. I mean, we're still in the early phases of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're in that we're talking about like sort of future facing things. How far ahead in the future do you think about like where unnecessary inventions is going or are you very much like in the moment working on the next thing? Yeah. I'm the, complete opposite of a planner there's there, like typically when i fly to new york i book the hotel i'm staying at when i land at the airport oh my so it's like i i am never think like i think as far ahead as the next invention um so like talking about the studio like it's this 6500 square foot studio it's expensive and big and um but like when i moved into my current studio it was it felt big at 2200 square feet and i was like how am i gonna fill this am i gonna have enough money coming in to pay for it now i look back i'm like I, I couldn't imagine not moving into this place. So it's like, I'm one to just like, I just dive into something and figure it out versus planning out all the steps and then executing on it. Um, so I think that's, it's like, I'm, I'm just like, and if I, that, that's what's nice about Necessary, that it's like, everything is the next invention and then it's done and then it's the next thing. So it's like, I probably would be good to plan out ahead, but I don't. <laughs> you, you rebranded. I, I did check your website recently today, and it said just unnecessary. Have you? Are you? That's the of, store. Okay, unnecessary is just the store. Yeah, yeah, unnecessary yeah, yeah, yeah. mentions is the the media channels content. Right. So okay. I, yeah, yeah. So I and I I don't even know why I did that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure if you were like I had unnecessary dot co, so and I was like, oh, it's cool domain name. So okay. I was like, I'll use it. Um, but, um. Do you have a dream? Like you're not a planner, I, I get, but you must have some dream for I don't know the the overarching you know goal of unnecessary mention. Not no? really, no. <laughs> just I'm just, just enjoying the day to day. Yeah, and I'm like, that's the thing is that I've like reinvented myself through all these different stages of the businesses I ran. That like at, at, at this point, like unnecessary, like what I'm doing now is like I think what I wish I had been doing. Like, but there was no real social media outlet kind of back in those days to do it. Um, so it's like, you know, while I just like ditched those and moved on to this, I don't, I don't ever see myself like fully ditching this massive community I built and all this stuff that like, I'm sure it maybe could evolve into the future into something different. Um, but kind of what I'm doing now is I just enjoy it. So I just do it day by day. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Um, I was also wanted to touch a little bit, you know, kind of, we're talking about future stuff. How do you feel about artificial intelligence? Like, what oh, it, I love it. I mean, you implant the chip in my brain. <laughs> like I'll be part robot. Do not care. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did, I have, 
I did one video where like I had it like fully design an invention for me. Like I, I started with chat GPT of like, give me real world problems. And I'm like, okay, now solve that problem in an unnecessary way. Now it was the door handle, the door handle. Yeah. 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 You got to explain that a little bit more. So yeah, so, so I did that. So I went through like all these problems and then I finally had to give me an invention. Then I used Dolly to create the render. So it was a keychain that goes on your waist and then it's like retractable. And then on the end of it is like almost like a 3M sticky so that you pull it out, you can put it on the door. So if you don't want to touch the germs on the door handle, you can put it on and it sticks to it and then you pop it off and it just hangs. I don't know. AI designed it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it, it kind of hits it on the head. Um, and I, I'm not sure, like I typed in the prompts, like solve this, like create the product, like unnecessary inventions from TikTok. Okay. So like, so it knew who you it were. It knew, I think it had enough data to yeah. like, cause there were some other ideas that were pretty good. Um, but yeah, so it's, but I think it's, it's pretty sweet. I'm all in. What's the most like satisfying part of the process for you? Is it the final finished video or like, is it making this weird invention work like to actually function for the video or I would say get the, probably the, the finished video invention, everything, get it, putting it out there and seeing if it hits or not. You know, it's like, did people connect to this idea the way I thought that they were connect, going to connect to it? Yeah. Um, it's like, it's, it's always like every single invention, almost every single one I post, someone comments like, oh my God, this is the best one yet. Like, so there's always like that one that somehow connects with a different person for some reason or other that like this was a problem they had in their life. <laughs> um, so it's always just fun just to see like the reaction and like the reach of like how far they go and what emotional response it gets from people. Because sometimes I was like, I don't want to build this anymore. I just want to put it out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it is it is interesting to which ones go viral. I feel like you were mentioning, you know, before we started the podcast that the it's almost the ones you don't think are going to go viral are the ones that go viral. Right. It's like if you put too much too much thought into it. It's like the ones that I'm like, okay this is like a problem I have. It's going to kill it. Like it has all these details. It's like when you like add too many complex layers to it, then it like, and I'm posting, I'm like this one, like I'm going to be on CNN. They're going to be inter like, this one's going to be crazy. And then it's like, rah, rah. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, I know in the first like 10 minutes, I'm like, Oh, this one didn't hit. Like it's not, it's not going to go into the algorithm. Right. Um, and it's always the ones that like, you don't think too much and you just sort of just like, let the stupidity of stupidity of it speak for itself rather than like having to explain it. Right. The, um, one, the one I'm thinking of is the garden hose with an attachment. That's a th plastic thumb. So you don't actually have to get your real thumb wet. To, so you it was actually silicone. It was a, it was an exact replica of my own. thumb. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you casted your thumb. Um, yeah. And that, and that one's the, like, I think it's just like, hit the redundancy on its head so perfectly that like the joke lands like you don't even need the you don't even need the voiceover on for the joke to land that yeah. like if in the first three seconds you don't get what the invention does then like i feel like i didn't do it properly mm, yeah that's 100 percent. i feel like that's almost a great advice for any product any design right like you should do design any you know, nicely designed piece of furniture like that, you know? Yeah. And it's like when I'm working with brands, um, for like, you know, a brand deal collaboration invention, it's like, they sometimes want to go so 
far into the complexity. I'm like, I have to be able to explain this in the first five seconds in one sentence. And I'm like, right now we can't. So let's dumb it down. Mm -hmm. And it's going to do way better than trying to lay too many layers to it that just don't make sense. Yeah. Um, do you feel like you have, I feel like you've pioneered this, I don't even know. It's like a niche, right? It's this design plus performance art niche. Do you have any kind of peers that you feel like you want to collaborate with? Or do you feel like there's up and coming creators in this, in this niche? Or is it really, I feel like I can only think of a few people, um, but I did. I did a video with Simone, so that was like kind of okay. awesome. And I read her DM completely wrong, and I made the wrong product. She told me to make a fridge backpack, and I made a fidget backpack. Oh my! God. <laughs> That's where the fidget backpack came from <laughs> with Simone. And she and then so I like was sending her the video before I posted, it and I like read the DM. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! I made the wrong product. <laughs> so then she loved it even more that like I just read it wrong. I was like, because I was like, yeah, sure, I'll make a fidget spinner backpack and. <laughs> That's like that's one of my favorites. Because <laughs> that one really has no no it's no so real. Um, <laughs> and who else? Um, I don't know. I think I think well, there, there's a lot of people that do similar-ish stuff to me. Yeah. Um, and so like my whenever I do it, I always want them to like look like I maybe bought it at a store. Like there'll be still people that follow me, and I like. You know, they maybe aren't watching my stories. They watch, like, they see the 3D printers. They're like, wait, you make all of these? they like, I thought you just bought them and made the commercials. Oh. Um, and so there's people like, you know, William Osmond, Michael Reeves, like, on YouTube that, like, make similar stuff. But they, it's more, like, kind of robot heavy. And, like, you see the wires exposed. It's like, I want everything to always be, like, this crisp, clean little package. Um, so it'd be fun to, like, collaborate with someone like that that's, like, similar sphere. But, like, the other side of it that, like, I don't need it to be the most you know, Instagram model looking invention right. that it like is rough around the edges. You see why it doesn't work that like, you know, I hide in the edit that it doesn't do what I say it does, but you know, showing more of the side of like the behind the scenes of why it didn't work. Yeah. Beyond just like, um, you know, coming up with the next invention, is there anything that's motivating you in terms of like, you want to improve the storytelling or the, the actual design of the thing? Like, like, is there anything motivating that aspect? Yeah, I think it's, uh, like, I'm feeling, and that was, like, part of the reason why I'm getting this new studio is that, like, I kind of felt like things were feeling very similar and all that stuff. Um, and I guess I don't actively, like, plan, like, all right, I'm going to test, like, I need to change it. Like, I, I feel like I want to have, like, a new format. Like, the I invented, you know, format is sort of, like, my signature, but it's, like, I want to figure out what the next version of that, like, cause that's just sort of like randomly, you know, developed over time. Like, it's not like, right. it, it's sort of like the pieces all fell together and then it became my signature thing. And that's like the past probably two years. It's like been the kind of cornerstone of like what the commercials are for him. So it's like figuring out what that next version of that kind of classic commercial I have. Um, but it's not like me just like taking the hard 90 and like, okay, like now this is the format. It's like just like slowly over time, I think it's just like I make these small little tweaks as I go. Mm. And then eventually all of those tweaks, like, and I look back, I'm like, oh wait, I'm doing like something that's not what I was doing a year ago. Um, and it just sort of like evolves on its own rather than trying to like actively change the path of it. Yeah. 
I really enjoyed your longer, longer form videos. I feel like that's the stuff that I usually will watch more. I mean, you know, I'll see your stuff pop up in the feed, but the longer form I, I enjoy because it's you developing products. Like right. It's, it's more design related. Right. Um, and, and it's difficult to balance the like YouTube personality of those videos to like do well on YouTube and while still fitting into the nerdy ID side of things that like, I sometimes will cut out a whole bunch of stuff because I just feel like the pacing is like super slow when I'm just sitting in Fusion 360 of like, okay, now this piece is like rotating around here and then and then this flap is gonna turn over this way. It's like the yeah. the general YouTube audience, like are they just gonna like click out at that point because they're bored? So it's like kind of, it's a weird balance of like it putting in the, the parts that I like um, that like why I love designing products versus like having the pacing and the bigger personality that might work well for the platform. Yeah. I mean, I feel like even when I, I can relate to some of that in my stuff where it's like, um, the VR videos I do, I cut out, you know, three hours worth of work and <laughs> slim it down to 60 seconds, you know? Um, I want to hear maybe just to wrap that up, uh, do you have any advice for people that want to get into more, I guess, content-driven design or meme design? Or, you know, the, there's a lot of value there just for traditional design and how you market stuff. Like, what's your advice for younger generations? Yeah, my advice is always just start doing anything. Like, the fact that I just, like, randomly made this, this uh, the first invention, posted it on Reddit... You know, it, I had no idea it was going to blow up. I had no idea, like, I was not planning on, uh, I was not planning on making it, you know, this is my next venture. It's just that, like, nothing can happen if you aren't just doing something. And to me, there's, like, people think that, like, oh, I'm late, like, I can't make it. It's, like, I thought I was late four years ago, and now I'm, like, I feel like now it hasn't even, the content world hasn't even started yet. There's like still so much growth. So it's just like, just, I mean, cause I don't, I don't care what people think of me. So it's like, I just like, nobody thinks about you as much as you think they do. Just put stuff out there and, and just keep going. It's like, I, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's hard to, it's, I guess hard when it's like personality traits that some people don't want to put themselves out there like that, but um, you just got to do it and not care about, it, was there a moment in the beginning where, like, do you feel like you've been riding sort of a, like an inspiration wave since the start? Or have you had any moments of, like, I'm, I'm losing it, like, like something doesn't do, go well? Like, one of your first, like, ten inventions, like, something doesn't go well and you're just, like, you've lost the steam. Yeah. I mean, that definitely has happened over the time. I mean, it's... it's probably not healthy of how much like my mood will depend on how well an invention does. <laughs> you know, you're just like, it's like the ones that are like personal to me. I'm like, this one's going to kill it. And then I'm like, it didn't kill it. No. I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm like, I should probably just delete my channels now. Like I, <laughs> nobody cares about me anymore. And, all and then like the next week I'm like, I am literally the best inventor <laughs> that ever existed in our generation. It's like, so it, 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 it's difficult when you, when your business is run on, internet satisfaction and the algorithm it's like and that like you know i'll post a video on instagram i'm like oh well this one's a flop and then i post on tiktok and it's like 
skyrockets out of nowhere. I'm like, well, I don't know how to feel now. It's, it's like, is it good or is wild. it, you know, it's, it's so, yeah. um, so how do you push through that? Like the lows? Um, I guess, I, I guess it'll be, um, it does reset me a little bit. Like I, I probably will like take a day off and just like, all right, I'd like that one sucked. I'm just going to chill. And then I'm like, it'll, it'll make me retro. It'll make me think harder about the next one that like, okay, why didn't that one work? Um, and maybe like, usually I like kind of have an idea of what the next one's going to be. And it's like, if one does do poorly, I'm like, all right, well, let me rethink what the next one's going to be now. And like, is that the good follow up or should I maybe go in a different direction? Um, for what I want to do next. So mm. it can be difficult, but it like sucks when the highs are so good. <laughs> and then you're like, I'm the best. You are the best kitchen sink designer. <laughs> Those millions of views. Goes, goes to your head, I know, for sure. I, obviously, you know, we're an industrial design podcast. Like, I am just curious your thoughts on industrial design because we're not always inventors like sometimes what we're doing is like purely aesthetic or functional or whatever i'm just curious about like do you have any thoughts about industrial design as a profession as an industry yeah it's hard that i have such little viewpoint as i feel like this podcast is like my biggest like <laughs> look into it's like i don't like I have no idea like what the curriculum is like in school. I've no, it's like it's hard when I've just been self-taught through YouTube videos, and it's like that's why I'm, I was sort of talking earlier. Like, do industrial designers not? It's like I don't know. It's like, am I not? Are there like things you are supposed to do, and I'm not doing the things you're supposed to do as an industrial designer? <laughs> you sketch I'm like breaking the rule. <laughs> right. It's like it's like I, I, it's interesting being in the world, but it's like I also have don't really know the full ins and outs of like if you go to school for id it's like what are your options after school of like what the different types of avenues you have um i have thought i'm like should i go to some classes and like actually learn about it <laughs> but do i have time i don't know <laughs> <laughs> what do you think you would get out of that is there something about like the way that you design that you're unsatisfied with like i i think it's more uh so it's like kind of similar that like when I'm writing down invention ideas, like if I see someone do something in public that like I have never even thought about doing opening a door that way or something, you know, it's like that I'll just watch, I'll, I'll watch videos of people doing Fusion 360 tutorials just to see like what their workflow is. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that shortcut. I didn't even know that feature existed. You know, it's like, so it's like, is there... So now it's like, now I'm faster at doing Fusion because this person's workflow is different than my workflow. So I like, I'm able to pick the things that will fit into my workflow. And that like, if there are things I'm doing that I could be more efficient at, if I knew the like textbook way that I maybe should be approaching the process. I honestly, you know what I, you know what I think, I think if you were more if you study industrial design more, I think you'd be less efficient <laughs> because you, you would cover the details way more. It would just be, it would slow you down. I'm like, yeah, good enough. I send it to the printers and we'll, I, I can imagine you at the, in your first day of class and the professor's like, all right, we'll choose one project to work on for 12 weeks. And, and you're just like, Oh, I'm already done, man. I, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Here. right. <laughs> That's, that, that would be difficult for me probably. Um, well, Maddie, I mean, 
we both admire your work a lot. Uh, it's great to have you on the podcast. I don't know, we're, were there, we have any last questions for you? Or? I, I don't know. What do you get out of listening to our podcast? <laughs> like, is it just good background noise? Is it motivating? I'm just like so curious. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's I mean, I probably, I, I'm like, why is there a new episode this week? It's, it, you know, it's like, it, it, it's, uh, it's been seven days. Where I guess because I have such a lack of insight into the ID world and I feel like there's not a ton of ID podcasts. Mm-hmm. I've tried to look for more and, you know, there's just not. So it's like. It's like I'm getting the like college classroom chat that you would be having waiting for the class to get started uh, okay, yeah. without, you know, it's like I've never had that like being in a room with a bunch of industrial designers all talking about the nuance of a knob, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's like you could sit there and as I'm just like I'm eavesdropping on the conversation of the two designers right next to me that are talking about the knob. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, well, Maddie, thanks again. It's been wonderful chatting with you, and we appreciate you coming on the pod. I know that our listeners appreciate it as well. Um, of course, you all can follow Maddie at Unnecessary Inventions You're on pretty much everything. Everything. Um, and, yeah, as always, I'm Nick. I'm James. And I'm Maddie. Peace. Later. <laughs>